0: welcome back to Fishtown Local, and we have on our wonderful Gloucester calendar today, the magnificent Maureen Alwood.
1: Hey yeah. Gordon, thanks for having me on, it's a real honor, as I think that I've finally made it being on your show. <laughs>
0: That's great. Well, you were on my show 25 years ago when we uh, were Musician Magazine combatants together. Not you versus me, but you and I versus the rest of the world.
1: Yes. Actually, it still remains my favorite all-time job. Oh, that's fantastic. It was my first job, really, uh, out of college. And it remains my most favorite job.
0: Well, I'd like to think we really steered you in the right directions because every time I hear about a project that I am interested in, hmm, what's that all about? I find out you're behind it. No way, really. Yeah, well, the Fishtails thing is great because, for those that don't know, Fishtails is the Writer center. It's... um, how shall I say, so, I don't want to say syndicated, but let's just say you change the subject and then you bring in different groups of exceptionally interesting and well-spoken Gloucester people.
1: Talk yeah, about so, that. Yeah, so, you know, Fishtail started out as just an idea that I brought to the Gloucester Writers Center and talked to Annie Thomas and Henry Farini about it. And I said, I was looking for something creative to do at the time and I wasn't doing anything Creative. I was looking to stretch and just get out of my head and get out of what whatever I was doing. And I just needed to have something creative to do. Oh, well, it
0: was great. I was in the one, was that a Fishtail where we did yeah. the rock and roll stories? I yes. thought it was. Yeah. Yes. And so, they're so different. All the people, every story was so different. It's
1: been great. And so it's produced by the Writer Center. Fishtails no. is, is a Writer Center program. It's produced by the Writer Center. And both Henry and, uh, and I do it together. And we have different themes that I come up with, and the only the only thing we ever repeated was rock and roll, because, of course, yeah. why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't you? Because rock yeah. and roll people have the best stories, yeah. don't they? Don't <laughs> we? fishermen. I said, yeah. don't we?
0: <laughs> you could probably get some real fishermen to come and do well, some fish tales. Well, we yeah. have. We have. Yeah. So
1: we've had a couple of shows on Schooner Adventure, and we had one at Maritime Gloucester, and The ones on adventure and maritime Gloucester both were focusing on Mm -hmm. fishing or maritime stories, or people had been involved in maritime-related events. Because obviously, up here we can't ignore that, and it's such a vital piece of our culture. And and unfortunately,
0: disappearing. I know. So much like that guy. What's his name? Robert Arnold. You should get him. He is amazing. And he had that last of the wood draggers really? that he gave to the maritime. i got to think of the name of the boat. But huh. the one I just saw, and I helped be one of the introducers yes. to, that one was the best I've seen. Why? Because, A, it had an audience commiserate with its worth. It had... A had to be over two hundred people. It was in there.
1: It was over two hundred people, and I uh, I was humbled by yeah. the turnout. I really, I'm always humbled by the <laughs> turnout, I, but this turnout just seemed to be so energetic and enthusiastic, and there was such an energy uh, in the room. It was you could feel it. Twenty five people
0: stood, standing room only I, for I, two hours. I know, next I couldn't to even the believe it. 180 that were seated. Yeah. It was crazy, unbelievable, it, but it
1: was it was fantastic, and I I'm so grateful. Yeah, you know, fish deals is this, is this um mutual exchange so the storyteller gets up there and tells the story and the and the audience absorbs it and is gifted this story and they walk away with something that's mm-hmm. intangible but yet they have something they're changed by listening oh. to the stories which is so remarkable and i think that's why people come and people like it because as a society have we lost The ability to sit around the table and have conversation do we Mm. not get together socially enough to have these exchanges Mm. these mutual gifting moments of um memories or just just telling people stories about what's happening in their world and i think that's why it's successful i've been really contemplating this over Mm. the last several shows because people are so um drawn to the storytelling and they want to have this experience and the Gloucester Writers' Center is really in the business of giving experiences mm. because even listening to an author that comes to the Writers' Center, which, of course, you know, the Writers' Center does an amazing job of bringing authors from all over the world, mm. really, to Gloucester. It's an experience to listen to their work or to have a moment of, of peaceful listening to somebody else's exchange, uh, work. And then, and then the storytelling piece is really all about this exchange, which mm. I'm very interested in. And
0: commenting on that, the audience reaction to the one last week was such a part of the way the speaker uh, formed the rest of his story. Meaning, uh, I really realized this I had memorized lines in my part. My train was stuck on the track. I could improv, but I was stuck with the lines. Not so. The participants, except for one. And when you put people out there, the power of improv. When I go to church and the people read their sermons, guess what? They rarely look up. Guess what? The people are checking their watches. They're moving. You right. see the body. language. But when the person does it from here and they're looking you in the eye, Directly. they got the audience around the throat. And it is so moving. And that's what this was.
1: Yeah. That's
0: what this is because, uh, well, we we've –
1: the uh, Kate Simon, who read from her book, um, that was a, a, a something that she really wanted to share with the mm. audience. And um, because Mitch isn't here any any longer, Mitch Cohen, her husband, mm, I remember. that was a really important thing for her to get up there and to do that exchange. And we used to do reading from people's stories, but mm. we we had to move quickly to that. No notes um, yes. uh, from the hip, you know, improv kind of a story where I want... St- the storyteller to practice because it makes a difference in the delivery also the timing is very important so they have 5 minutes a little bit over
0: but yeah i wonder how much it, it changed from the practice because to me the beauty part was how much they respond to how the audience reacted yes, and, so and the they la- got brave yes. and the last yeah
1: yes and so that is a really dynamic oh, thing yeah. too for the for the storyteller and they know that they're working off of that energy from, from well, how about the, the best
0: guy by far was the guy with the red boxing things, the guy who My had been the client and then become a a counselor. And that story, and he got so. Brave as the people, you know, he did his bit. And then he was a little nervous. Were they going to like it? And then, of course, you gave him a great buildup. Um, but then he just got braver and braver and funnier and funnier. And the bigger he got, the bigger the audience got and reacted to, the bigger he got. Yes, that's
1: a perfect example. <laughs> Matt whereas, Stella. Matt Stella. Matt Stella.
0: Whereas uh, the guy who you said, this guy's a born storyteller. The, now, his subject was a little, he, the counselor. I, I felt like, in a way, he had prepared a little too much because. I felt he had told that story before. And I find when I do improv, if the first time I do it is always the best, just like this, if I, we discussed all these subjects beforehand and then tried to repeat them, it's so hackneyed. It doesn't come out with the same kind of energy. In fact, for me, the one that was the weakest was probably the best, meaning Israel's written piece with the fabulous uh, Robert... Um, Walsh. Walsh as the reader, and he's a great actor. Yep. And yet I was looking at the audience, and they were interested. It was great. Yep. But it wasn't the same. He didn't have their hand around their whole brain yep. and drawing them to Everyone was like that. I felt that uh, everybody who improv had an advantage over the readers yep. and even the guy with the memorized well, line. Well,
1: that's why we, we say it, the, the story directly is to the audience is much better than the the. written word and reading it it creates a different engagement like you're saying it's it's really that direct exchange that mutual exchange and that mutual expression together Mm -hmm. Um, and yet uh, you know i do think that uh like for instance israel's piece that stretched us in a way that we hadn't done before Mm. and even though it was written it was also performed Mm. in um in a way where bob has just such a beautiful voice. Oh, he's voice fantastic, and, yeah. And I was actually in that in the standing room only area during that time because I had to go back and check on something, and then I came back. And so I listened to the majority. Were you on
0: what they call audience left, stage right, the main entrance? Yes. Yes, that was the big group there.
1: So I had to go out for just a, a minute after I introduced Bob, and then I came right back. And I was listening to that story, so I couldn't see him well. Oh, well, there you go. And that, yeah. and it was great. Yeah, it well, was so great. I thought it's so. There's so much emotion in his, in his voice, and it was such a moving story. Oh, and yeah. there were so many ways that that story kept winding around, and you kind of never knew where it was going to go. And then it just was like, ah, oh, <laughs> just oh, it was just so. Well,
0: you know, to moving. me, with fish tales, subject is so important. And here's the perfect example. You put the group of improvers, improvisers in that setting where they're surrounded by people with a mic and you give them a subject. Therapy! Instantly they were all converted to Jewish comics. Right? They came out and they were like, therapy! I mean right away you <laughs> wanted to laugh, right? Because it was like, you know, what am I gonna do? And yet like, it was Just made for sympathetic audience reaction to them. Therapy. It was like. Well, one of the
1: things that I decided to do with that theme, it came out of that uh, that encounter with Matt around the fire, uh, around the campfire um, on a camping trip. Oh. With Matt Stella, so that that was the introduction. So, so you'd
0: heard that story from him before. Of course, I heard that story, and I'm
1: like, this is the greatest story ever. (laughs) so i've been waiting to do the therapy show yeah we had it set with gloucester stage sometime in late october and then after the election happened
0: nobody felt like doing it <laughs> well
1: it was it was like i kept getting these responses to fish tales coming up around therapy and it was do you realize like we all need this yeah. and do you realize this is a really important show and that this is a, a way for the community to come together. And I thought, that's right. It's a way for us all to come together and and have just a few moments of therapy yeah. from a sto- listening to stories about therapy. And um, so that's why I decided also to do the wall of therapy, which was <laughs> this, right. mu- again, a mutual exchange right. of the audience participation. And I love that interactiveness.
0: Well, unfortunately, just so the audience knows, we didn't get to that because uh, I got to introduce that part with the Freudian slips. The Freudian slips. But, um, <laughs> but then the toilet started bubbling over. Oh, but it wasn't boy. one toilet, it was the whole system. And the whole so pressure was back again. <laughs> and the toilet in the uh, actor's room, I go in to look for tissue. To, uh, I'm looking, it's bu- bubbling over like some kind of witch's thing. And I'm like, I think I'm getting out of here, and then right in the middle of the show, they announced there's no toilets. So there were course, no toilets. There was no intermission, so there I, was no uh, there therapy was, notes. There was no therapy notes, right?
1: There were no, um, there was no Freudian slips right. to be. Although we did have some, but the the bathroom situation, I thought. Is this the end of the show? Like, do we have to cancel yeah. it? And then I thought, yeah. okay, let's just run it. It's That's the reason why we had to run it all the way through.
0: Tr- without stopping. Without no.
1: stopping, because no. we were going to have this intermission. Well, this
0: woman came up to us. She goes, uh, you got to help me. I'm from Wyoming, she said. I flew in from Wyoming. My ride was right there. I didn't get to go to the bathroom. We jumped in the cab. We came out here, or we jumped in the ride. We came out here, but then I neglected to use the head because I said I'll use it at the theater. And we came right to here. She goes, I haven't peed since Wyoming. What can I do? I said, lady, there's a dumpster around the back. And I said, if I were you, I'd go down the back staircase. There's plenty of <laughs> privacy. And I was, she didn't hesitate. Right. Thanks. You almost knocked me over. <laughs> so I said, here, take this. T- she dishes. wasn't
1: the only one. Oh, I know. She <laughs> wasn't <it> the was... <laughs> only one who went down the back staircase. And
0: Mitten, they were all women because I didn't see any men. They were like, they were yeah, the Yeah, well, most, you know, guys have it easy. I guess, <laughs> yeah. They probably already did. Oh, We already used that dumpster before we got here. Well,
1: I, you know, I keep wondering. When Jeff Zinn told me that that had never happened at the theater before, where it wasn't just one clogged toilet, it was all backing all up. All of them, yeah. They were all backing up, and I thought, okay, what's the message here?
0: It's Macbeth, double, double, double <laughs> boil and treble, or double <laughs> it is. What's
1: the message here? Let's, like, move quickly and get the show done. And I thought that... You know, we offered money back, but um, but nobody. It was okay. But but nobody, nobody asked for it. I mean, you don't really
0: come to the theater to go to the bathroom. Theoretically, you've had dinner. You already, yeah. Now, I want to know what are your other favorite fishtail subject, and then I want to know some of the other projects you're working on. Um,
1: Well, the rock and roll one uh, last year, maybe it was two years ago now. Yeah, Uh, that's one of my favorite all time ones because. being a rock and roll person rock and roll saved my life
0: yeah, what can I say right. it was
1: it's been one of the most important things in my life um, running forward and so we love telling stories rock and roll people we I have so many friends and it was just another chance to get them together to tell these stories I like uh, you know so many of them I'm trying to think um, of, of oh the tattoo uh, show was fantastic
0: where people talked about their tattoos. Yes. Yeah,
1: so every tattoo has a story. Oh, and my God, that's great. We had this fantastic show of people with tattoos and it's <laughs> just you know, people who had tattoos under their lip in their mouth. That was fantastic and amazing. And just people who
0: You mean uh, they I, would stand there and hold their lip down while the guy did it? Yeah. I'm
1: yeah. And and then
0: that.
1: Well, I was interested the, the show's name was Tattoo Show and Tell. Well, you can't Oh,
0: they can't show them all.
1: (laughs) Well, we had some people show some really fancy tattoos in some Some interesting places. (laughs) intimate (laughs) places.
0: Oh, that's great. Did any of them say Mo? No. Okay. No. uh, How about your tattoo? (laughs) I don't don't have a tattoo. I don't either. Yeah.
1: So my niece wants me to get a tattoo with her, and I haven't decided whether or not... You sort
0: of wonder, uh, you do the tattoo show and then the tattoo regrets show. Yes. (laughs) I wonder how many of them were still proud of it, you know, so... Well, I have to admit that the
1: the tattoo show came from an idea from New Bedford. So I have to give them kudos. New Bedford always has this this, uh, waterfront festival and they have a tattoo contest. Say the name of the town again. New Bedford.
0: Yeah, it's like Elmer Fudd's uh, brother, New Bed, <laughs> New Bedford. <laughs>
1: New Bedford, you know, yeah. what can I say? It's you like me to a...
0: the town where Tufts University is.
1: Of course, my Medford. mother is from West Medford. Yeah. Medford, and uh, I like so that. I... Elmer Fudd,
0: yeah. Elmer Fudd. Like <laughs> <laughs> there is no OR. <laughs> <here>.
1: <laughs> I grew up saying those, I, you know, I grew up saying that because my mother's from there. <laughs> That's great. Um, oh,
0: well, you're entitled. That's I am, it. you
1: know, it's a north shore, south shore People
0: thing. People don't understand why <laughs> New Bedford's fishing industry really has not taken much of a hit like, as ours has, but it's all about the scallops in New Bedford.
1: In New Bedford, it's about the scallops.
0: Yeah, those boats are gigantic, and yeah. they scall- and they did not limit the scallop fisheries like they did the cod fisheries and the yeah. groundfish. Well, thing, the so. the
1: cod fish, that's a whole different situation, yeah. oh, uh, yeah. given. You know, I don't know if we want to go down that road. Well,
0: I'm going to go back to your rock and roll and say this. You got your crucible of learning and start uh, with Paul Sexman. I and did. He sort of influenced you. I mean, what was that like working on the inside with him? Was that uh, what did you do with him? What, uh, for I him? have
1: to say this about Paul. Paul is the coolest person I've ever met.
0: First of all, Paul was uh, podcast number three for those of you doing your research. So uh,
1: Paul Saxman hired me a musician, and it's an interesting story about musician. You now I I ha- was always getting Musician magazine because I wanted to read the you know the interviews yeah. and. And uh, then one day I turned to the, the masthead and it was in Gloucester. And I said, Mom, I went to my mom, mom yeah. this is a place I wanna work. And so I was always saying this, Mom, I really wanna work at musician. Mom, I, what do I do? What do I do? And she said, Maureen, call them up. If I have to listen to you say that one more time, um, I'm just, you know, just forget about it, just call them. And I had this blue rotary dial phone in my room. <laughs> We remember those, don't we? Don't we? I took the phone number. I called on the blue rotary phone from my room, and they said, Musician Magazine, how mm-hmm. can I help you? And I, hi. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, do you, are you hiring? And I, I talked to Fenella. Oh. Fenella Taramina. Um, and she passed me through to Paul Saxman. Unbelievable. And I got him on the phone, and he's like, how did you get to me? <laughs> and I said, I have no idea, but listen.
0: I, Let's I, talk, yeah.
1: I, I want to work for musician. How can I get to work for Musician Magazine? And he said... I don't know how you got to me, but uh, why don't you come in on Tuesday at, like, 1
0: o'clock? <laughs> Except he wouldn't say it like he said, Why, yeah, why don't you come in on Tuesday? He was like the modern-day equivalent of Bogey. He looked a lot like Bogey's delivery, but he was the coolest guy. He's the coolest. He I wore a beret in, to work. He, yeah.
1: had the, he has the greatest voice.
0: Yeah. Oh, right? totally. The beautiful. greatest voice yeah.
1: and the sunglasses and his hair. Totally. I'll always remember it. He's like, Mo, you're hired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, he had prescription sunglasses, so he'd wear them indoors. Of course. So you'd go into a dark theater, and he'd have them on. It was of course, just craziness. <laughs> of
1: course, I thought that was the coolest thing. And so what did you do for him? I did promotions. Yeah. And And all his
0: crazy ideas, you would help enact them.
1: Yep. He had some of
0: the best ideas. I mean, like, we gave cases of wine to our biggest advertisers, and we bought the wine at a fairly low price. You did that, and we got rid of the labels. We steamed them off, and we put our labels over them of our covers as these beautiful, arty black-and-white posters. We sent the things out. Well, I would go see people at trade shows, or i go to their offices in their factories, and there would be our wine. On the, and they'd say, you can buy wine anywhere. You'll never get a bottle of musician wine. So a lot of them had saved the entire case of wine. I think I still have
1: the one with Midnight Oil. Yeah, there you go. Somewhere in my archives, yeah. up in my And that deck. was the
0: beauty of musician. We would stop work. Anytime the Midnight Oil, they'd start to play that song, The Power and the Passion, everybody would get up and just start yeah. rocking out to the thing. The song would end. It was like a four-minute song. And then everybody would get back to work. It was just great. I
1: know. it. Well, the whole atmosphere there oh, was, was wonderful, Gordon. And I,
0: yet it was not um, – people did not uh, – uh, run away from their work. The work got done oh, the work got really done. Uh, very intensively and fast yeah. because everyone adored the working conditions. Because it so was So you wonderful. could party and then got right back to work. And the it was, first part of the day was like a steamroll. Everybody was so nose to the grindstone. Yes. The afternoons were a little mellower. Oh, yeah,
1: right? a little, a little yeah. mellower. But I just remember being part of that group was so dynamic and culturally rich and oh. I remember it being taken out of my little office which was I can't even explain you know you know there was that big the big uh reception area yeah. and then there was this little uh room kind of over here next to the sales
0: upstairs or it was, in the downstairs it office? was a downstairs right, office okay. next
1: to the art
0: right um, okay I remember that yeah the,
1: um the layout yeah. area and someone said to me one day I think it was Claire we need help because we're we're getting the layout done um, come in here and, and, um, have you ever done layout? Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> yeah. Lay in the sun.
1: <laughs> and she said, I'll show you quickly how to do it. And, uh, I need you to run and get the, the, um, what is it? Not the the type. Yeah. The type. Yeah. yeah. And run in and get it, and then come back, and I'll show you how to lay it Cut up. it up
0: and lay it Those were the days before computers. They would go to typesetters. They would print out the words at an amazingly high expense. Then you would literally <laughs> take the words and or the letters and make your own things. Later on, they shoot negatives of it. But if you lost a word, you had to go back, and they were such pirates. It would be like, oh well, it's triple overtime, extra, extra. So the word and will cost you sixty dollars <laughs> for one word. (laughs) And they were such pirates, especially in Boston, where we'd bring them this list of things. Oh my god,
1: really? That's amazing. uh Well,
0: my favorite project you guys did was the one, we catered lunch to the record industry. And if you remember, because we knew, it was so hard to get them to go out to lunch with you, so we said, no, we want lunch with you at your desk. So we had the lunches catered in New York and LA, and the menu was all stuff that was about musician, So that the items in the menu all referenced back to See, that's,
1: that's Paul's brilliance.
0: Was, yeah, and it was like, they don't want stats. In the record industry, do not try to give us statistics. We will shut the book. But if you gave them an in, in intelligent, c- clever way. Creative. Creative way. Yeah. Like, we did that one. We did another one where we gave them a summer pack. It was a six of beer. Oh, and yeah. when that's they wrote right. the ingredients of the beer and all that, it was all like, Musician Magazine, 89% own CD players. That's right. A musician Magazine bought that's right. yeah, you know, I worked 77 restaurants. Yeah, and the people... The, yeah. In spite of themselves because we don't give us statistics they all read the stats and our advertising got really booming in records after that yeah. after both of those promotions because they said i can't believe you got around our defenses <laughs> 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 and they said nobody has ever done that where they catered the lunch and the menu and then the placemats and they all had these uh like there placement. It had like testimonials from record dealers on yeah, how much yeah, that people Yeah, yes, that's right. I remember that. Now. Then, Gosh, but not in record yeah. reps, record company people, record dealers, retailers, and things. So that there were so many different aspects of the industry yeah. in that promotion.
1: I know it was it was great. I, I, there's something about it, right? What are we talking about? Wine and beer and food. Oh, yeah. So those are ways yeah. in. It's in some yeah. ways giving them another experience. And
0: plus, they're so cynical in New York and L.A. To do something like this, they were like, "I gotta head to you. You you got my." <laughs> <laughs> Even like someone like Trump would say, I gotta, I gotta admit, you, you, you got me on that one. Yeah, it's now, a, it's a what do you do thing. in real life when you're not doing fish tales and you're not on podcasts?
1: So I uh, am a adjunct professor uh, a couple of places. I teach at Endicott College oh. in the business school.
0: And what do you teach?
1: I teach uh, sustainability, the environment, and oh. business. So that um, that intersection of triple bottom line we call it which is uh people planet and profit it's also known as that way but it's a you know it's environmental Uh, sustainability, making sure that natural resources are used properly. So just
0: like titling the fishtails, making sure you have the right uh, course specificity in this economy, so
1: important. Right. So it's really the future of business. Triple bottom line and accounting for greenhouse gases, greenhouse gas emissions, and um, how you use and utilize Natural resources, but most importantly, the end of life of products, oh. um, and there's a shift underway around product design and also new business models. And so oh. I teach that. Well, where did you learn that? Uh, well, you know, it's interesting. I've always been an environmental activist mm-hmm. and an environmental uh, champion. So my, uh, you know, my focus on the environment led me to realize that business is a vehicle for change. So business, is, business really is a vehicle for good. And how we use business is mm-hmm. important because everything we touch every single day has something to do with a business or it came from a business or we, we access something mm-hmm. from a business. And we have this, again, it's an exchange. So we're a customer or we're a consumer and uh, a business provides us with these products and services that mm-hmm. we utilize all the time for our, our lifestyles. And I was getting very concerned about different products and how they were used you know when you have start to have children Mm. you're also interested in the interaction of products in your home so you take a uh, you did you delve a little deeper Mm -hmm. and then for me i started to move my way into a new life type of lifestyle and you know less is actually more and the ingredients are really important Mm -hmm. so i
0: mean even something like a plastic bag
1: well, plastic know, bag. Just, you know,
0: just that kind is of thing. Is it necessary? Yeah, you right. know,
1: you, you have to ask the questions about our lifestyle, our society, our culture. What is really necessary for us to live our lives? And why can't we move towards a more sustainable lifestyle overall? And that that's really a key thing for everyone. It, you feel better. Uh, when you start to make changes, they're not really disruptive to your life. You're not really exchanging something. Mm. You're not losing anything. In fact, you're enhancing your life by making things like choosing no plastic bags, for instance. Mm. Um, t- take a recyclable bag. Uh, remember to bring your recycled bags or your, your reusable bags. It's it's these small things that make a big difference. And And when it comes to cars, of course, we all drive. And uh, and or we have some sort of transportation. Well, most greenhouse gas emissions uh, in the world come from transportation. And we all have a responsibility now, especially now, um, to make sure that we're making the right choices for the environment. Mm-hmm. It's not an either-or thing. And in fact, it's been shown multiple times that businesses make more money when they use a focus on triple bottom line and sustainability. Investments have a higher return when it's Focused on sustainability, than not, and so there's no there's no excuse, mm-hmm. frankly, for the business community not to be engaging in this um, triple bottom line and making sure that uh, the environment is protected.
0: And where else do you teach besides Endicott?
1: Uh, I teach uh, Northeastern in their MBA program oh, uh, online. Yeah, so I teach oh, sustainability. Oh, online. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is so interesting. Now, I thought I heard you use the C word. Uh, children.
1: I have three boys. Oh. Yes. How old? Uh, almost <coughs> 22, 19 and 14.
0: Had you, did you have one when I met you? No. No. Wow, that, that, was, a a old, oh <laughs> that was a long time oh, That was a while ago that. That was a 22 year old. That was a long time ago. It's good for you. So you've yeah. really sort of worked in all areas. Child raising, education, rock and roll, media because I remember when you were the host of uh KPN uh, Report. Report.
1: Yeah, I still do that. You do. Yeah. Oh. I still do KPN Report and Wednesday night. Wednesday nights. Yeah. Yep. And that's a that's a wonderful thing. I love doing it because I get to meet so many different types of people mm-hmm. around town and get to understand what's happening. And it keeps me um, knowledgeable of who does what and what's happening. And one of the things that I really love to do is make connections with other people. So mm-hmm. if I meet someone on the show and... They could easily have some kind of partnership, or Mm. I can introduce them to somebody else doing similar Mm -hmm. things, or where I think there might be that mutual benefit. I'm all about mutual benefit, right? Mm -hmm. Mutual exchange, mutual benefit, and then I, I connect people together that way.
0: My only criticism of that show is it should be more like this, where the next question is formulated off the last answer, and not a press release show. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like the instructions from the producers were, don't go there. You, They are there to tell you their agenda. And I'm not sure that the listening public wants a press release show like that. When Seneca first started it, there was a little more controversy. She'd get the mayor in, and she would occasionally ask it a tough question.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that that's um, a fine criticism mm-hmm. of the show. You and, know. Uh, you know, it's it's made a, it's taken different iterations mm. um, and i know that you you I did have you. had that and then i actually had it. the
0: nerve to ask the brand new fire guy i said well you know the uh, union question between the fire chief and the unions has always been a problem this town how do you feel equipped to deal with that and that Basically, got me bounced off the show, and the guy loved it. He said, "Gave a great answer." This is what I trained for. We had our own labor situation with the union in Michigan, and uh, Eric yes. Smith, and he was terrific. He didn't, he didn't mind it at all.
1: I think that's a different show. So, what what you're talking about is somewhat of a different show on on Cape Ann TV, like a news program or a news. Yeah. You know, interview. Um, well, I've that's done, I did
0: that on KPN Report. I know you congress. did, but you're saying that should be a different.
1: I, I think that's a different kind of a, a show
0: that more like uh, issues uh, and answers. Or, yeah. yeah, and
1: and and also when uh, KPN Report has a separate political focus, um, you know, oftentimes Meredith Fine inter, uh, interviews the mayor mm. or. Um, you know, Heidi Dell and will mm-hmm. interview uh city councilors as they come in. I don't, I don't remember the last yeah, time we they there were always like softball
0: that. questions. I mean, even Meredith, I find that it's always not you know, they never ask uh, that real a question, they go for the counselor's agenda item and then try to bring in that. Well, whatever, that's I,
1: I try my yeah, best to yeah. ask the questions that um that I think are are probing, mm-hmm. and uh, but we don't really get any kind of controversial, no, uh. Uh, guests on the show mm-hmm. and th- and i think the purpose of cape Ann report is really to let people know at least the ones that i do is let people know what's happening around town mm-hmm. and highlight different uh services so you know we oftentimes have a oftentimes have a the open door on mm. and julie. that's always yeah julie lafontaine yeah that what they're doing there is really great yeah. and they're always expanding services and mm-hmm. i feel like those kinds of shows are are really vital because it's a community mm. TV and community services. And they ring the
0: bell of awareness and maybe tug at the heartstrings of support these people because they well, need
1: it. Well, yeah. And, yeah. and if we don't have those kinds of – those are some of the best shows we do, mm-hmm. which is focusing on the services that are available. So we've had uh, folks that are talking about veteran services uh, on the show and um, – um, You know, we had the Grace Center on, Mm. talking about, you know, these interim programs and, you know, between what's happening at Open Door and the Homeless Shelter and the Grace Center.
0: It's just a great program. I love that woman, Rona Tyndale, who runs it. She's wonderful. She is. She gave a sermon. And I remember the place at our church was you could hear a pin drop. And it was the saddest thing, and people were crying and all this about mm-hmm. this guy coming up with frozen feet, and he wouldn't mm-hmm. come in, and it was blah, blah, blah. Well, um, I can tell from the look on the end of the mustache of our uh, engineer that we are nearing the end of our, when the thing crinkles a little this way, it uh, <laughs> tends Thanks, to say. <laughs> well, what I wanted to ask was, last question, what future exciting projects are you uh, blue-skying? Are you what anything that is long? Long-term, your idea of eventually doing a a live rock show or a live news show, or
1: okay, so so I have a lot of I'm an ideas person, and so I only get to get to implement a few of them. But I can tell you that <clears throat> um, a couple of interesting things coming out of the Writer Center, I hope, is going to be um, kind of long-form fish tales, and we're just not sure how that will be. But it's probably going to be like a TED Talk. Um, it's it's going to be the Gloucester Writer Center's take on TED Talk. I don't know what TED Talk is. Uh, TED Talk are these uh, informational ideas that uh, well ideas that were, are worth spreading. That's their tagline. Okay. And they have they're videoed and uh, videotaped, and oh. so it's you know sometimes they're about ten minutes, to fifteen minutes, and they're by an inspirational speaker who has actually done some oh. work or research. And so we're looking at that for a long form. Uh, type of fish tales, a TED Talk piece. Um, I've uh, I'm a, a participating writer or a, what do you, a contributing writer uh, for the Other Cape, which is a new digital okay. publication. It's uh, theothercape.com, uh, run by Patrick Mitchell. He's the designer of it, and it's his idea. It's really great. Just taking a look at what makes this Cape.
0: And Patrick Missel, not only was he the designer of Fast Company magazine, but he worked again for Musician magazine. Right, so he's one of us. And his son was my sailing student at Pingree School because I ran that team for 11 years. He was the team for three years. Before I knew, it was Patrick's kid. No way. Because I never put two and two together. Why would you? You don't usually ask, who are your parents to the kids? You deal with the kid, you know? Right. And uh, he was great. We got along great. His sons
1: sons are very talented.
0: Ben was the kid. Ben and
1: Jackson, and they're both very talented. Um, uh, That's a great
0: name, Jackson Mitchell. Yeah, it is. Sounds like a a race car driver.
1: So the other cape. (laughs) if uh, anybody's listening, uh, take a look at it. um, And... It's just, uh, I, I like to say that I'm working on some fringe uh, people, fringe people, fringe things. No, you're beyond the fringe. I'm beyond the <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a show in England? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was. That was uh... um,
1: and then I have a few other ideas I'd like to do. And I seriously want this to happen in Gloucester. And I, ever since being up here a musician, uh, I'd like to see a nightclub up here. I want to see a real nightclub. You mean up at the industrial park? In Gloucester. In Gloucester. I want to see a nightclub. Mm -hmm.
0: There used to be several.
1: There there used to be some. Well, what do we have now? I I want to see. Clubs. I want to be able to go to a club like Spit. You know, Mm. like, remember that club? There used to be
0: one called, oh, my God, I've forgotten the name. I was down by the old movie theater there, right by Lickalucka. What was it? Little Earl's. Little Earl's. Of course it was Little Earl's. What was the name of Little Earl's Pizza before it was Little Earl's? Wow, my engineer Jim Capello got it. Rajos is exactly right. They had the best pizza in town. And they had a fire. And uh, then all of a sudden, out of that fire, this old, it wasn't shabby, but let's just say it wasn't like Little Earl's where this gleaming dance palace arrives. Yeah, I want that. uh, And you know why?
1: Because I love disco.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's what this was.
1: I love disco. But I'm not talking about like a nightclub. Oh, We could have dance parties. Great. You know, raves. I'm I'm interested in places like where you can actually see a band up mm. on a stage, you know, something like the Sinclair, something
0: like. There should be know. one here in the industrial park. This space <laughs> we're in would make an awesome nightclub, wouldn't it? you know just going in the rooms of one big room the we person. need something yeah uh, we have
1: plenty of bars and we and of course there's the rum line and, yeah. and there's and there's lots of places to hear live music we but. sure
0: have a lot of bands but anyway and well maureen Howard, we love you we you, are Gordon. so excited by what you do for town uh, for this town and uh, we are also excited by my engineer jim Capillo, who i want to thank over and over i also want to say a heartfelt goodbye to connor our departing engineer who's leaving an internship and so once again gloucester we will see you next time on fish town local All right, everybody dance now come on